Welcome to the Simply Youth Podcast, where the U in youth stands for you. Join us in chatting with some of the most successful Lebanese figures. Follow in their footsteps to write your own story. Simply Youth Podcast every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more platforms. Hello, everyone. This is episode 11, and we're joined with one of the biggest advocates for social entrepreneurship in Lebanon. She's a lecturer and researcher at the American University of Beirut. She's a founder of Riyadh for Social Innovation, which I'm a proud alumnus of. She's the chair of IEEE Women in Engineering Affinity Group Lebanon section and much, much more. She has always prioritized the United Nations Sustainable Development Tools and programming skills to add programs that enrich Lebanese youth's knowledge and social responsibility. Please welcome Dr. Muna Aitani. We're really glad to have you today. Can we first start a brief overview of your work, especially of Riyadh? Yes, thank you, Hadi. I'm also super pleased to be with you, given you are an alumnus of Riyadh, and uh, I'm very proud of all your achievements and of your journey so far. And this is how we envision the impact on our youth uh, and, and change makers to be. Uh, so basically, I, I graduated as an engineer uh, more than 15 years ago, and then uh, I knew that I wanted to go more into the business world. So this is where I was interested in pursuing my postgraduate uh, degrees in business and management. And this has also made me shift more towards entrepreneurship. So I became very interested in that, started doing research about it and then teaching about it. And all of this has made me catch what we call the entrepreneurial bug. And I found myself uh, wanting to solve a problem that I, I saw a gap that existed in the entrepreneurship ecosystem. And this is where the idea of Riyadh for social innovation came from. I really wanted to introduce the youth to entrepreneurship as a tool that would help us make the world a better place. And I wanted to use engineering and technology in order to make a positive change to, to the world that we live in. Uh, this is why Riada started, and in addition to Riada, I am also proud to, to be a faculty member at the American University of Beirut, where I am now leading the entrepreneurship initiative in the engineering faculty, and we are also doing great impact there, where we are uh, creating a culture of entrepreneurship for engineering students and uh, other students uh, overall and in all of AUB. And basically, we are helping them transform their ideas into sustainable and viable startups. So uh, you graduated with a bachelor's in computer and communication engineer, and then you went on a very different track in engineering management. Is this common within engineers? And has your background actually helped you within your domain today? Yeah, uh, so I would like to say that I'm definitely somebody who's biased uh, towards engineering and I would recommend and encourage anybody who, who's able to do engineering to do it. Uh, and they do not have to stick to engineering as a domain of work. And this is very common, of course, a lot of engineers end up doing consulting or other things because they are in high demand due to their uh, problem solving skills, systematic thinking, logical, rational uh, uh, skills which which are very much needed in anything really in the world so I definitely have utilized these skills that I gained from an from my engineering education although I did work for around three years in the telecom industry but uh, yeah I, I, I always knew that 
my business tendencies were stronger and this is where I wanted to to, to go. And of course the journey uh, is never the way you plan it to be, but eventually things were changing and I could find myself utilizing the best of me and the best of what I know and the, the best of what I could do and what I'm doing today. So definitely engineering has helped uh, the problem solver in me, the person who um, who really appreciates technology and advancement uh, also is present in the work I do today. So Riada for Social Innovation recently reached a new milestone. It's your third anniversary. Uh, how do you describe each of these years and was the start a rocky road? Uh, the three years were uh, really great. I would say Riada, I mean, I have three kids. Riada was my third baby. Uh, so it was it's three years old. My youngest is one and a half. And uh, honestly, the start was easier than I expected it to be. I don't know if it's beginner's luck or what, but the first program we have ever made in Riada, which was our pilot, uh, was like it exceeded every single expectation we, we've had. It was the most profitable program we've ever done. Uh, the results were amazing. And of course, maybe it's because of the passion and the drive and everything we've done to make it really work. Um, of course, with time, things got a bit harder. Also, like because of the situation in Lebanon and, and the, the contextual factors which were making it more difficult to do business. Um, however, I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, it was like either extremely difficult or extremely easy. There's a lot of ups and downs in, in an entrepreneurial journey. And uh, this is how it was with us. And I believe with every other entrepreneur. The thing is now we are um, scaling our business. And uh, in order to be adapt adapting to, to, to what's happening in Lebanon, we cannot just rely on the internal market. So what we're doing is that uh, we finally are launching our scalable arm, which is the e-learning platform of the other, which is called Shabab Lab. And uh, this will be serving uh, not just Lebanon, but a lot of other Arab countries in the region uh, by equipping the youth, uh, particularly to start with high school students with the necessary uh, social innovation and entrepreneurship skills in a hands-on uh, way and a practical way uh, and they will be able to create projects uh, to help improve their communities and to help solve social and environmental problems that they have in their countries uh, with the help of mentors, uh, social entrepreneurs from their countries will be on the platform as well. Of course, and, uh, this is also not a simple task. Uh, there are a lot of struggles. Uh, different Arab countries have different regulations and we have to abide by each and every single one of them. Also reaching out to schools is not easy for them to adopt this solution and to, and to subscribe. Uh, it is a rocky road, definitely. However, uh, I believe that because we are so much convinced about the mission and the goals that we have, uh, we're going to keep going. And uh, I don't think we're going to give up. How hard was it to encourage diverse people from different regions, economic statuses, ages, gender and nationalities to join your programs? Mm -hmm. uh, so first of all, I would like to say that the whole concept of social innovation and entrepreneurship was, was, is still a bit new to, to Lebanon and to the region as well. And this is why 
I would say um, our main focus was not to talk directly to youth to join the programs, but to leverage on partnerships. And I believe if we were able to bring these diverse groups to our programs, it's not because they were convinced, but because of the partnerships and like the people who they trusted and the organizations that, that knew them already, um, who, who talked them into uh, joining the programs. And of course, after they joined and, and they completed the programs, they exactly understood what we're talking about and they themselves became advocates for other people to join. So I would really uh, say, like attribute this success in terms of diverse groups joining our programs to the many partnerships that we have and that we continue having. And I believe that partnerships are a key to any uh, startup success. I want to expand on the idea of partnerships. Clearly, Riyadh is one of the most active enterprises to also organize free of charge programs and programming and entrepreneurship. Then, finding partners to fund programs and secure all the logistics is of extreme importance. How do you come about to pitch your idea and then maintain those relationships in the future? Yeah, exactly. So actually, Hadi, when we first started, we didn't have this concept of like having free of charge programs. We wanted just to charge similar to other like coding uh, boot camps or summer camps. But we realized that if we wanted to do that, then we will be really restricting um, these programs which, which have this kind of social impact to the wealthy people or to the well-off people, which somehow uh, contradicted with our original purpose because we wanted to do the social change to everybody in the community. So we wanted to be inclusive instead of exclusive. And this is why we had to think of a different business model. And this is where we started talking with different uh, partnership partners based on our connections. Of course, some worked, some didn't work. But uh, when we started talking to these organizations, a lot of them were interested in, in the work that we do and really saw the impact behind it. And they suggested that they wanted to sometimes fully cover the cost of, of certain programs. And as you might be aware, some of these programs will still require the participants to pay a very small fee. We call it a commitment fee, just to make sure that they don't feel, you know, it's like, okay for me to withdraw at any time because we need a commitment otherwise they would be you know taking somebody else's place and um, not giving the opportunity for somebody else so uh, this is how we did it a lot of um, corporates uh, who had um, youth empowerment and uh, using technology for good and entrepreneurship as part of their values and um, it uh, was relevant to the work they do really uh, like to uh, to cover such programs under their name. And this is where we partnered together with, we, like, uh, the programs were powered by us, but they were also under their corporate social responsibility. Sometimes some NGOs also sponsor some of the participants to be part of the program. And we are very um, proud of these partnerships. And this is the way that we were, like, using this, we were able to uh, be more inclusive and, and to, to have people from different backgrounds uh, be part of these programs. And this diversity definitely enriches the programs and is very important and makes the experience um, very fruitful and, and unforgettable. Like I personally joined two of your programs, two amazing programs, one about healthcare and robotics and one other about creating a website for like social good. So you actually have really successfully established an ever-going network of Riyadh alumni 
always expand on the idea. They come up with, come up with during their programs and then went on to win several entrepreneurship competitions. What's really interesting is that most entrepreneurial ideas come from individual struggles. Can you share one of those startup ideas that you actually felt could be very helpful to you personally? Yes, yes. Uh, I just want to say before I share like specific examples that this is exactly what we want. And I'm glad that you noticed that simply because we want the youth to come up with their own problems and try to create solutions for them. This is exactly the purpose of why Riyadh was born, to show them that you, the youth, have a role to play in solving your community's problems, no matter how hard they are. And of course, we're not talking about solving the entire problem, but finding a specific problem in that, that you can have a say and a role to change something about it. Uh, I'll give you some examples. We had um, in, the, in the second program we participated in, uh, it was called Towards an Equitable World. Uh, we had the winning team, they were working on a social cohesion uh, platform where they encourage internal tourism. And um, by doing that, they would be lessening the sectarianism and, uh, uh, you know, everything that is leading the country not to work in Lebanon. So the Taifiyev um, Tasub, as we call it in Arabic. So basically, uh, this is a great uh, idea. I think they are still, they have won several competitions and they are still going about it. They have changed the name from Khabza Umalah to Ahla Sahla and they are keeping to um, pivot and to uh, evolve and, and to adapt. But uh, do you feel that those groups can really expand given the economic state of Lebanon, which is really volatile? We'd all love to say that entrepreneurs should stay home and support their local economy. But how hard is it for local entrepreneurs to expand their projects within Lebanon and outside? Right. So definitely now is not the like the, the ideal. Uh, we don't have the ideal environment nowadays, unfortunately, for youth to expand on their ideas and to make them work. I'm not saying that it's impossible. It's not. But it's definitely not an easy road at all. However, uh, we believe that by gaining this experience and by attempting, even if they failed, then we have successfully planted the seed of social entrepreneurship, which will then maybe in a year time, two years, five years, whatever it is, it will flourish again. So this is uh, for us, the most important thing is that they grasp this concept. And even if they fail for the first time, uh, this is part of who they are now. And it will, uh, show again in the near future. And when you talk about expanding for other countries, again, this is not impossible. It's not that easy. And here is again where partnerships are super important. So um, you need to do your research. You need to really have some connections in those other markets that you would like to target because you cannot uh, target you know, another market, especially if you are working remotely. Like you're in Lebanon, you want to target, I don't know, the Egyptian market, let's say. You cannot do it from here entirely if you don't have anybody there who is also helping out and, and uh, making you understand about the specifics of the market. So research, connections, partnerships, and eventually having presence there is super important in the other market. And um, definitely a lot of Lebanese startups now are, are doing this because it's the only way I believe to grow. And by the way, I don't think that this is only a result of 
the current economic situation, but Lebanon being a small country to start with, and this has always been the case with a small market, um, like focusing simply on the Lebanese market was never uh, like the greatest business sustainability idea, I would say, or the way to do it. So we always encourage our AUB students, for example, that you need to start in Lebanon, test your product here. However, you should always keep in mind that the market is so small and this has always been the case and you will eventually need to expand outside of the borders of Lebanon. So I think this applies and this is where we have to train our youth to think of creating what we call like global solutions. So do not just think about um, a very specific context. Maybe to start with this is good, but eventually if you want this to really grow and expand and, and become something big, you have to think in a different way. So talking about opportunities, uh, with, what opportunities do you know that would help the Lebanese youth enter the world of entrepreneurship and expand their skill set? Yeah, so actually there are so many opportunities out there and I believe now with the crisis, uh, with the crises that are going on in Lebanon, we, we will be seeing more of them. So there is an interest from um, the international donors, I would say, to support uh, the Lebanese community by creating more entrepreneurs and more innovators, because a lot of people see that this could be one of the solutions uh, to, to help us come out of this economic crisis. Uh, so I would say that we, as Riada for Social Innovation, we create some of these opportunities. However, we also share a lot of these opportunities on our social media, um, Instagram stories to be specific. And um, we also do a lot of partnerships, as we said, where we contribute in these. For example, the United, uh, the United Nations Development Program and the Arab states, they have something called the Youth Leadership Program, which we are partners in. So we are one of the partners which provides training. There are several others. Uh, and, and we just like completed this program, this is a yearly thing. Uh, so YLP from UNDP is a very interesting opportunity. Uh, there are many hackathons that are ongoing. As we speak, there is an ongoing uh, hackathon to help uh, Lebanon with its uh, response to the crises. Uh, also several partners are part of it. Um, moreover, we have acceleration programs, some pre-acceleration programs. There will always be uh, more and more opportunities. And I would um, encourage the youth who are listening to us to really uh, do their own research, see who are the main players in Lebanon in this kind of field. Uh, if you're already on social media, then definitely follow them and um, add some productive time to your social media intake. Uh, this is how I personally know a lot about a lot of uh, opportunities and initiatives and competitions that are going on because I follow the right channels. And uh, yeah, if you do that, then you won't miss, I believe, uh, these opportunities. Um, we, as Riada, again, we do share about them all the time. So uh, the listeners are more than welcome to also follow us and be up to date in terms of the opportunities. Thank you so much. We'll definitely tag you in all our posts and it was really amazing having you today. And we want to use Simply Youth Podcast as a platform to spread news about amazing enterprises such as yours. Honestly, like in Lebanon, not many citizens are this invested in helping the next generation of leaders. 
So thank you for your service and your time today. Honestly, Anjad, thank you, Hadi. Thank you so much.